0: Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands to God. Dangling dangerously ten feet above the largest internet nexus supplying the last great hope for humanity that's known as Los Angeles. This is the Drunken Towers Podcast. Tonight, we'll try to understand the wild overreaction from Muslim countries to bad movies created by bad people. We'll hear the tale of South America's first interracial love story. We'll pay a visit to the Drunken talus digital mailbag. We'll get a taste of culinary surprises. We'll take a step over the ethereal plane to enjoy some dream time. And now, quietly waiting for his one-way trip to Guantanamo, I'm Retrievers, and my partner in crime, answering hopelessness with a defiant smile and a raised middle finger, Daniel Bolelli. Away we go. Well, there we go, guys. <laughs> Episode two is about to begin, and this time we have a little bit of alcohol. some Moretti. Cheers, fellas. Thank you, everyone. I, I apologize for not introducing myself last time. I'm Rich Evers, or Richie Mon. You can give me a Richie Mon one on Twitter, and then I'll have like ten followers instead of nine, so that'll be awesome. Richie Mon, number one. Um... I meant to introduce myself, but I was so excited with so many incredible people in the room between, you know, Daniel and Duncan that I just kind of let it be. But um, I guess we met about four or five months ago. Someone had the idea of doing a podcast. I wanted to do a podcast, and um, just through the magic of the internet, um, Evan, our technical guru, me, the troublemaker that has some microphones and does a little bit of editing here and there, and Daniel decided to put this together because I think we felt like we had some like-minded things to share. And uh, if nothing else, might be a way to have beer. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway, it's, it's awesome that we've had so much response already, and we really appreciate it, and we hope everybody has a good time. And please, feel free to give us a contact and let you know what you think about everything. And with that being said,
1: let's step into episode two.
0: Mr. Bolelli!
1: Cool. Let's roll it. Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much for the feedback on episode one. That was awesome. So much good feedback. We love you. Um, we had a few technical difficulties but again what do you expect we're called the Drunken Taoist podcast we're not the perfectly organized Taoist <laughs> that, would, <laughs> that you would expect us to be on time and stuff but you know but mostly those problems are solved uh, if uh, by any chance uh, you guys have some kind of technical problems you can't download in the format you're looking forward to Evan is the man um, do you want to give out your twitter account? yeah or your sure uh,
2: it's just at Evan Culver Uh, E-V-A-N-C-U-L-V-E-R, like the city.
1: Cool. (laughs) So anything, if you want to use Twitter to contact him, or otherwise, what's the email contact? Uh, Just
2: contact at thedrunkentaoist.com.
1: Contact at thedrunkentaoist.com. That's another way if there are problems, anything you're not um, satisfied with or whatever. (laughs) But we take compliments way better than problems. Yeah,
0: absolutely. (laughs) Certainly there are some problems I'm sure we have to hear about. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Can a bitch and complain Exactly but and there were the,
0: three time zones you know Hawaii and,
1: and, and, and the Fiji Islands yeah, that, No, we managed that to get it posted get on the October 1st, 1st. I <clears got throat> not before I got 67 messages of people <laughs> telling me what the fuck why is it not on already they're but, very excited oh well oh and another thing we're gonna try to start posting the episodes on YouTube since we are recording video as well uh, haven't done so yet we have to Clear a couple of kings along the way, but we should. So, in case you know you're missing our good looks and you want to check us hmm. out for your masturbatory fantasies, by all means, we will be on YouTube for you. We'll be, be a spike there, so. of, of,
2: of, of Duncan's flashlight. yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and uh, so, there's that. Um, we need your help as far as getting you know, the most subscribers, the best, you know, um, so tell your friends, tell your grandma, tell your goldfish, tell anything that has an email account that can access iTunes, please subscribe. We love you for it. Um, just so to remind you what the, um, the plan is for this is we'll do two episodes a month, one episode at the beginning of the month, which will usually be posted on the first of each month. When your rent is due, um, hmm. with a guest, so we'll have an interview with a guest about hour and a half, two hours, whatever long the conversation is, and then once in the middle of the month, we'll uh, um, we'll have some random uh, what we're doing today, rants, physio- philosophical musings, random things where we do without a guest, just us in studio, and drinking. Right. and lots and lots and lots of drinking
2: but i guess um it's not to say that uh, we're fixed on two episodes a month no that's
1: the guaranteed mm-hmm. and again yeah. as guaranteed as it can be by people who call themselves the drunken taoist but mm-hmm. the um, that's sort of the guaranteed plan there can always be sort of the bonus episode somewhere along the line that's absolutely open it's you know it's definitely on the list but as far as uh, regular things that you can count on on the first and on the 15th will take care of business hopefully maybe um, <laughs> Make no promises we might be Yeah, <laughs> exactly but no i mean i think it's it's doable so we should be able to do it so on that note welcome to episode two
0: i have a dream today like visitors sneaking a peek across the ethereal plane Here's a look into Bonelli's dreamland.
1: The one today is. It's interesting because it's not bloody, and that's kind of rare for me because <laughs> most of my dreams involve massive amounts of bloodshed. This one does not. It's actually kind of cute. And it's about the Dalai Lama, of all things, except not a real the Dalai Lama, as in life size real Dalai Lama, about a 10 inch tall Dalai Lama that in my dream. I have this little Dalai Lama who's running around the house and he's exactly, he looks just like the Dalai Lama, has his Buddhist robes, has his glasses, as does his thing. He's smiling all happy. He has his hands and he's blessing everybody. And he runs around the house, whispering wise Buddhist sayings, blessing people. So then, you know, we pet his head and give him a cookie. And so it's kind of like this weird Dalai Lama pet. And as I was waking up and I wasn't totally awake, I was like, Fuck! That was a dream. That's too bad. I need to go to the. I need to get one of those. That's awesome. I want the Dalai Lama as a pet. It's so sweet, you know. Say, Just in time for Christmas. I know. I was like, and then I woke up. That was so sad.
0: Well, I don't know if I'm happy with that.
1: You don't want to wake up and be sad. No, but I mean, well, the dream was cool, but you know, I, I wanted my Dalai Lama pet. It made me sad <laughs> not to
0: now we know what every kid will want this this yeah, holiday season.
1: I miss him. Now is it our current Dalai Lama? Or was it, a, yeah,
0: yeah, it was a nice representation
1: of the one we used to see? Exactly the one we see now, just ten inches tall and craving cookies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm down with that. That sounds like an excellent so dream.
1: You got a taste for the weirdness that will come in the I Have a Dream. Unfortunately, again, I warn you, many of the forter ones will be a little edgier. This is the pleasant side, but
0: do you have a preference in your dream? Do you prefer wild and insane adventure, or do you like to like re examining ones except nobody's in the right place? No, it's
1: weird stuff for the most part. But um, well, the Dalai Lama was a pleasant one, so. No, that's I'll...
0: one that would be all right. I think that's something to work on, too. A little robot
1: Dalai Lama. <laughs> Better yet, live. Live. It just needs to be hobbit sized and it needs to do its thing, <laughs> but you know, telling you. The meaning of Buddhism is blah, blah, blah. And you go, oh, that's so cute. Here is a cookie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's today's dream segment, everybody. I hope you feel better now.
1: Okay, guys. Rant of the day. Here is our topic. Bolelli versus binary thinking and dualistic mentality. Which is, It sounds too nerdy and philosophical for you. Probably it's because it is, but we'll try to bring it down to a human level. Let's start. Oh yeah. Let's start with that too. What yeah. are we drinking yeah. right now? We just got a little Johnny, black. Johnny Walker Keep black label by all a, means. I like
2: little smoke all I yes. The Please world. pour
1: along. We'll make the rant that much better. Um, the, um, the first, this is just a specific example I'm going to start from. Okay. So then we're going to make it to a bigger point, but the specific example I want to play with is recent news. You know, ever since, the um, some random guy did a cheesy crappy movie against uh, mohammed and uh, specifically and islam in general from Funda- the muslim fundamentalists went back to doing what they are famous for doing which is being the violent that they are yeah. and going on this rampage all over the world and uh, it is one of the things that pissed me off well many things piss me off on a regular basis but this one a bunch of people, including a lot of people I like and respect, s- reacted to all these with this. Well, it's not really about the anti-Mohammed movie. That's a minor thing alone. It, it really is just a reaction of poor oppressed people against who are the victims of drone strikes who are responding to bad US foreign policy. And the thing that bugged me about that is that there's this people who recognize that the US government has done fucked up things throughout its history has been doing and is doing fucked up things today, turn that to mean, well, then anybody who's against the US government must be good because if the US government is the bad guys, then everyone else must be the good guys. So some crazy fundamentalist fucked, well, they are really just poor oppressed people who are responding to the evil empire. And it's like, no, man, life, you know, this notion that all evil comes from one source. yeah, good luck with that. Um, <laughs> and I mean, don't get me wrong. I make a living basically. I teach courses in which I get the bulk of what I do is talking shit about you the history of the American government, you know? So there's, you know, anything from the near wipeout of American <clears throat> Indians to interventions in Latin America to all of that, that's what I...
0: There's slavery too.
1: Yeah, I mean, slave, it's like, if we start the list, like we never end, right? There's a long history of horrendous shit that happens um, in large part um, connected with the history of the US government. So I'm not, you know, I'm not some neocon dickhead who's making apologies for the US government saying we've waving the flag and going we are the best country in the world or some shit. <laughs> At the same time, precisely because I'm not that, maybe we can take into account that we shouldn't make apologies for insane religious fundamentalism just because you hate the government. And so with the logic of the enemy of my enemy is my friend, everyone but the one you hate the most must be good then, you know? So, you know, occasionally it does happen that there's a dog somewhere that takes a shit and that's not because of the US government. You know, it, <laughs> it can happen, so. Rarely, yeah. but yeah. So the point, and this is made even more evident by more recent news that I saw the other day. in uh, In Bangladesh, there was the story of this one Buddhist guy who posted some picture that was deemed offensive on Facebook. So the usual level-headed reaction by which Muslim fundamentalists are known for was to promptly burn down four Buddhist temples plus multiple private homes. So uh, is that a reaction to drone strikes as well? Is that because of the bad US government? You know, it's like that's what bugs me. Sometimes. Shit comes from multiple sources. It's not, not all evil as uh, no one entity has a monopoly over evil or over stupidity over any of that stuff. But this is really just one specific example of a bigger disease. Yeah. You know. well it's nothing new. As Salman Rushdie. Right, precisely. Or that Danish cartoonist, what, three, four years ago? Even that I heard people telling me it's a reaction to Western imperialism. In this case, that's why I love the Buddhist example because it's some Bangladeshi against another Bangladeshi. There's Westerners have nothing to do with it. And again, this is coming from me, who I assign books in the classroom called American Holocaust about, you know, the 500 year wipeout of American Indians. So I'm not, you know, again, I'm not that guy who's gonna defend the US government. But precisely because of that, the thing that bugs me is that Binary thinking, you know, that most people are so comfortable with the notion that there's absolute good and absolute bad, and there's nothing in between. So, even like, take the example of the book I assign, you know, American Holocaust. It's a cool book, it's fun. Well, fun may be a wrong word because it's brutally gory and tough to read, but it's it's a good book in terms of reversing the traditional story of. you know, flag wavy, Columbus was a hero, and uh, you know, American Indians got wiped out. Oh, but well, that's something we'll sweep under the rug in the name of the glorious history of the United States kind of stuff. It does a good job at that, but at the same time, all it does is he reverses the bias. You know, we go from uh, good white Americans are the best in the world to everyone who comes from Europe is an asshole and American Indians were all perfect and wonderful and sweet and there were no exception. And it's like, ah, oh man, why do you have, why does it have to be that way? And partially I get it. It's because readers, most people, are so addicted to this drug of dualistic thinking that if you throw any kind of nuance in, if you throw any kind of complexity, you lose people along the way. You know, you have mm-hmm. the, uh, it's kind of like oh wait hey, american indians these horrible things were done to them oh but some of them did some fucked up stuff and there was human sacrifice among the aztecs or is that ad- but in that case, that means they are not really good. So who the fuck cares if they got all wiped out? That was good, actually, right? <laughs> and yeah, it's like... Well,
2: I mean, think about American politics where there's two parties. Exactly. Right. I, mean, I was going to say, exact same thing. Why is it that if you're with one, you have to be with the other? Vice versa, you know? I mean, it's the same thing. It's just the and same
0: that's thing. a recent thing. I mean, <clears throat> I even remember as a kid, you know, once Reagan was elected, everybody put their weapons away and we just went on a merry way and it just doesn't exist anymore. Right. And, uh, and, and to to go with your American Indian story. I know for 30 years, I thought Andrew Jackson was the worst person Mm
2: -hmm.
0: who ever could have been. My wife has a heavy Cherokee, you know, Mm -hmm. heritage tour. But then we read a book that described the toil that Jackson had to go through. He wasn't necessarily for removal, but he knew if they weren't removed... They were going to be killed anyway. Mm-hmm. So he was stuck in a really horrible position where I can do nothing. Wallet. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and you saw the $20 bill. Right. And there he is. This guy's awesome.
0: <laughs> it's a tough one. <laughs> no, it's just, screw it, man. But it's you're like... right. There's so many nuances and so many yeah. levels. But you're, you're, in, in the overall discussion, you're completely right. This Muslim
1: reaction has nothing to do. You are a wonderful human being who's the smartest on earth, I'm always right, that's good, perfect. I think we got that <laughs> oh, established and you are so smart. We'll I see if
0: that's still going by episode five, Yeah, for exactly. now, the honeymoon is still on. <laughs> no,
1: I agree though. And one of the thing, it applies to so many, like speaking of American Indians, one classic debate that I always see is about uh, pre-Columbian, what were native people in this continent before Europeans came around, and you end up with horrendous stereotype both ways you always get either evil, stupid savages who spend their time drinking the blood of their enemies or wonderful people who hug trees, talk to the eagles, who are busy having visions. And it's like, and it's so stupid that it's, but that's what people like, you know what I mean? That's, people like simple stories, simple images that way. And this is not to say that there aren't certain trends that are true, because for example, the whole debate about pre columbian native warfare, more often than not, the evidence is that at least in North America, a lot of the fighting that took place was on a much mellower scale than it did in uh, Europe or Asia or other places.
0: Almost ritualistic,
1: where it was springtime, you were gonna get your prisoners, so you could
0: cut them up or put them to work or whatever.
1: And you get that, and that's true, but at the same time, then people are not just satisfied of that's the general tendency with exceptions. They go all out where it's like, no, really their form of fighting was more just like kind of a rough game of football. It wasn't really, except that then you run into archeological discoveries such as the Crow Creek, the Crow Creek battle site, in which a village of Harikara Indians was attacked by another group, 400 people were murdered, chopped to pieces, burned to death, fed to the dogs, which I don't know what kind of football you guys watch, but that's a little beyond the scale of the typical football game. Unless you're English. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, is <laughs> uh, that's what I mean. Is like people, and the problem is with these stories is that when you construct these really simple stories, one little, it's enough for somebody to throw in evidence that that's not always the case to then make people flip 180. So it's like, oh, if they did that, that means that they were really assholes who deserve what they had coming when Europeans came over, or vice versa. It's the same thing as when people think they grow up with this uh, waving the flag and apple pie stuff, and then they find out some fucked up thing that the US government did, they turn into then the US is the roots of all evil, or they start with the US, the rules of all evil and they find out something that maybe was actually pleasant and they turn it into, in that case, let me rub myself in the flag. And it's like, why the fuck does it have to be so extreme? You mm. know, is this, and this may sound stupid, like it's just some, people make huge decisions based on this mentality. You know, the whole, what you are bringing up before we actually started recording, the whole idea of the enemy of my enemy is my friend. If you think about what that has done, you know, it's like, it's the Cold War. We don't like the Soviet Union. Osama bin Laden doesn't like the Soviet Union. Well, in that case, here is a bunch of weapons and money, Absolutely. and we'll support you, and we like you. And we end up preparing, What could know, ever go wrong?
2: Well, I mean, it seems like people feel like they're forced to give a decision, like make a decision right, right now, choose a side, uh-huh. or nothing. When in reality, why not just say, look, I don't have enough information. I might choose later. I'm not sure. Just, just wait. Right. You know,
0: like, it just it. seems the bell curve is a much better <clears throat> decision-maker than the flip of a coin.
1: Yeah, because this stuff never, I mean, if you think about the last, uh, you know, Saddam was our American ally. Absolutely. Uh, bin Laden was an American ally. Always with the logic is, Saddam is against Iran, so we must like him. Bin Laden was against the uh, Soviet Union, so we must like him. Same thing as and the And we were friends they, with Iran before that. They... Right. Precisely the way people look at the Cold War, I've heard the the arguments of people who say, well, it really is a story of just the good guys versus the bad guys, because the good guys were standing against Stalin and the horror of communism, which there's an element of truth to it. And at the same time, when you try to sweep under the rug some of the worst atrocities committed in the name of fighting the good fight, you are an asshole, and you are turning into the opposite of what you are supposedly mm, defending.
0: Well, the madness of the Cold War was, and I, I just, I was working some on a, a documentary about Russian hockey, mm-hmm. and the guys that, you know, came over to play in the NHL, <coughs> but even they mentioned that five years after World War II, the Russians were better friends with the Germans, who had killed, what, 20 million Sorry. Russians, mm-hmm. than they were with the Americans, who we were the same side fighting with five years earlier. And they never understood that because I think as countries, I think Russia and the United States are very, very similar other than the Russians sort of were pinned under the czars and then worse than that afterwards. But uh, it's a very similar sort of people and very easily, you know, the flip of a coin another way,
1: it could have been on the other foot. No, Of course. And that's the problem with the dualistic thinking, that once you start dividing up the world into you, you draw the line somewhere and there's the good guys on one side, the bad guys on another, you have already screwed up. Yeah. Because it's yeah. never that simple. Nope. You know? There's a um, Pulitzer Prize winner, author of Guns, Germs and Steel, Collapse, a few pretty cool books, Jared Diamond. Yeah. Well, before I start talking too well about him, that asshole never... That's Freeman. Yeah, that's <laughs> absolutely... <laughs> That asshole, I sent him an email and he didn't reply. So, fuck you, Jared Diamond. I don't like you that much Perhaps he got lost in the email. I don't care. When people don't reply to email, they (laughs) piss me off. (laughs) So, don't fucking put your email out there if you're not going to (laughs) reply. And on that note, by the way, if you ever send me an email and I don't reply, it's because I didn't get it. If I will get it (laughs) within 24 hours, I always reply. So, having said that, in any case... Fucking Jared Diamond, despite not answering <laughs> emails, he's actually a fairly brilliant guy. And one quote that I want to use in this regard that perfectly applies, writing about history, he say, history, as well as life itself, is complicated. Neither life nor history is an enterprise for those who seek simplicity and consistency. And that's as true as it gets in the sense that there are nuances in everything. There's a level of deeper complexity that a disney good guys versus bad guys story can never capture. And in a way, the good guys versus bad guys story is always almost setting up its opposite. Because when people find out that the story is not that simple, all they are going to do, they're not going to change their way of thinking. They're just going to flip 180. And whatever they held through until that point, it's all false and vice versa. Like my pal Andrew Jackson. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well Andrew Jackson was still a dick, but yeah, for was, you know multiple reasons.
2: Hey, we didn't we never met him, who knows?
1: Yeah, that's exactly. Cool yeah, guy. that's true. That's you actually know? true. Well, but he did have the trail go right by his house so he could get a good look at everybody. <laughs> it's back lovely. Then. That's pretty tough. Having said that, let's complicate it a little further. It's not just that the guys who argue one thing or the opposite are hopelessly wrong because they are addicted to this black and white view of the world. Because what happens usually is when people say, oh, it's not that simple. It's not just the good guys, the bad guys. It's much more complicated. It is really all relative in a way. Then you fall into the relativistic trap of there really is nothing that's good or bad. It's all different shades of gray. It's all the same. And you just turned what started as a good insight into even deeper shit. Because by all means, yes, please, more beer. <laughs> I knew it. Sorry, Yeah, so, because that's the problem is we are so addicted to the system that when we reject it, we end up sometimes with even bigger problem, this notion that it's all relative. There, yeah. There's no such a thing as uh, uh, anything that, there's values, there's something good, there's something objectively bad in things. And I mean, the, th- the point is, yeah, I'm sure Adolf Hitler pet his dog and took him for walks and was sweet to him. He's still fucking Adolf Hitler, you know what I mean? It's like, that doesn't mean that he was a good guy. You're well, recovering from that. You know, yeah, he murdered six million Jews, but he pet his dog, I so it must be painting. somewhere in between, you know, it's like, it's not like that. That's-
2: that, that, deep, uh, that deep-seated evil. Does not go. Right. Uh, no, at, you pull apart. There, there's no you're... way you can come around it. It's no. just, I don't know. I watched this movie last night. Uh, it's called, like, the, the Snow the Snowtown Murders. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so shocking, but you never saw it was coming. It was, like, the slowest movie ever. I don't want to do spoiler or anything, but it's well worth the effort to watch it. But it's it's just so crazy because everybody in the movie you wouldn't, you don't even know what it was supposedly about a serial killer, but you not even know who it was. Anyways, and so it was, like, all about compassion and, you know, forgiving and then building on all these things, and all of a sudden, you're like, whoa, you almost want to have a conflict with yourself because you're, like, you know, you're thinking, well, does this make up for all the compassion you had for others, or... Right. It doesn't. Right. Nobody is given a pass when it comes out of pure evil, so, right? I mean, or what is pure evil, maybe, but... And I mean,
1: I dig complex stories. If you look at most TV today, if you look at the old TV shows where they're even, or if you look professional wrestling, where there's the good wrestler, the bad wrestler, or the old TV show where the hero is this all around wonderful guy versus the bad, bad guy, like James yeah. Bond movie kind of thing. If you look at most TV today, clearly people are craving something else. You know, you have Dexter, the hero. Who happens to be a serial killer? What is it? Yeah. Or you have, uh, I don't know if you guys check out uh, Rome, the HBO TV mm-hmm. series. There's this awesome scene at one point where uh, Cleopatra, one of the characters, is asking one of the two main characters about the other one and he's saying, Is he a good man? And he's like, the fine good, <laughs> you know, because he's, he's a great guy. Yeah. He's the most loyal guy in the world. He has a huge heart. But he goes on murdering sprees when he's pissed. And if you cross him at the wrong time when he's drunk, he'll bash your head in a wall. Binary. Right. It's yeah. He's complex. Let's put it that way. The, yeah, I think you're, you're right about everything. Breaking Bad is all about a
0: guy exactly. completely flipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad Men. Right. None of those guys are
1: good. Right. But you sure wouldn't mind hanging out with them. So the thing about that is is that it's (laughs) tricky because there is a point where, you know, there are certain points that once you cross, you are a fucked up human being and nothing good you can ever do can redeem you from that. You know, there are certain things that are pure evil no matter what. You know, take, uh, you know, I don't have that much problem with people, you know. I can see you kill somebody. Well, you know, self-defense or whatever the fuck. There may be some reason for that, but you take something like (coughs) rape, you know, there is no self-defense rape. There is no, mm-hmm. oh, but in that, it's bad in 99%, but in that one case, rape is actually, no, it's yeah. fucked up in all circumstances, in all places, in all times, no exceptions yeah. made. Yeah. So that's the,
2: why, well, I mean, I okay. was just going to add, like, that's why it gets really tricky for those guys that, you know, they live a life of a 100% clean, you know, uh, went to church every day, you know, square, totally suppressed, maybe in their... In their desires and whatever, and then they wake up one day, make a huge mistake, go to prison for the rest of their life, and they think, "Wait, how is this fair? You know, I'm good almost. Right. You just suppressed of right. all of your feelings or something. I don't know. I mean, it just seems uh, like there can be a, a lost perception in that in that sense, and th- a treatment it that it's unfair, but in reality, you know, it's this binary recursion. To, you know, yeah."
1: And I mean, mm-hmm. again, to me, there are certain. I don't believe, I'm, I don't have a relativistic view of the world where I feel that it's all different shades of grey, it's all somewhere. There's, I do believe that certain categories do exist, such as, you know, there's health and there's sickness. There are certain things that lead to people walking away with a smile, and there are certain things that deeply hurt people emotionally, physically, and a bunch of other ways. So to me, that's very real. It's not, there's nothing subjective about it. There's nothing relative about it. It's deeply real. And at the same time, I understand that life is not that simple, where it's purely good and bad and nothing else in between. So my point, I guess, for all of this rant is kind of to argue that there's to be able to hold a somewhat more complex view of the universe, of life itself of being able to see that just because you hate somebody's guts doesn't mean you can't acknowledge when they don't do something good or just because you absolutely love an idea or you love a person doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to see that hey they doesn't they are still a good person but they fucked up there big time you know and be able to make the judgment call between the general picture of a story where your ultimate judgment is about something being healthy or not, or good or bad, or whatever you want to define it. And the the temporary one is a big deal, you know, being able to separate because nothing is a hundred percent and zero, you know, everything is somewhere in between, but how in between it is makes a big difference. Because, you know, there's a big difference where, again, you're petting your dog, but you're a mass murderer versus you are overall an amazing human being and occasionally you fuck things up a little bit, you know. It's not the same. We're not even close. Yeah, there's an element of good, there's an element of bad, but it's not the same at all. Well, I don't think it's ever expected that any of us are going to be perfect, is Right, it? no. And I, I to don't take it all
0: the way back around, though, to the, to the Muslim question that we started with, mm-hmm. how do you fix that? I mean, obviously... It's back to the 5% of the bell curve again. And we have the same crazy 5% with evangelicals in this country, for sure. sure. Those people are never going to change their mind. And they yeah. have some sort of view where, unless the rest of us turn
1: into some 12th century caliphate, we will always be wrong. Can but you, you make a good point, because you know you look at like Christian fundamentalists today. They're or, the same. They're uh, exactly th- the same. Their mindset is sick as hell and he was always sick as hell but christian fundamentalists 400 years ago or 300 years ago burned people in the public square as a normal thing yeah today they just preach against the evil sins that you know big fucking deal you have your opinion i don't care it's, have at it so, some of it is a result of external conditions, you know. Is when society doesn't support that level of fanaticism anymore, it stops putting wind in your sails, and what you can get away with it diminishes dramatically. Right. So now you're just a asshole who's protesting outside of funerals, putting the uh, God, God hates fags kind of thing, yeah. you know. It's like. You know, you're an asshole, you're awful, but whatever, you know, it's not the same as you are a mob who stoned to death some woman because she walked with a man who was not her husband outside of her house. You or know? she
0: was the one that was raped, so she's right. going to have to be put to death.
1: Precisely. So that's the mindset. I don't think when Christian fundamentalists or Jewish fundamentalists think that they are somehow more enlightened or better than Islamic fundamentalists. Yeah, you're sadly deluded, because if you look at your history, you have done the same shit for more than a thousand years. You just happen to live at a time when that stuff has toned down considerably. So other type of influences have mellowed you out a bit. Otherwise, you would be the same asshole that these guys are. These guys haven't gotten there, partially because the Enlightenment was something that's not native to, you know, it's a Western phenomenon. And so if it gets imported into Muslim countries, it's not the same thing. Partially is because, you know, there are many possible reasons. But the bottom line is, yeah, it's still... Well, I actually like your plan before we got on the air. Whiskey and porn. Right. <laughs> Drone attacks that dump nothing but whiskey and
0: porn. Right. I think they'll take about three years. And then the women will have a foothold. That they can, because I think the only way to fix it is the women have to wake up. Mm-hmm. How much longer can they take it? There's a... It's funny. Sp- Sports Illustrated had their Olympic issue the other day. And it was the West German bikini volleyball girl mm-hmm. with a side court judge that was from Saudi Arabia, right. woman as well. Right. And she was covered and everything, and this woman was wearing the least amount of clothing she could possibly get away with and still call right. it some kind of uniform. I mean, and that's that's a difference, but even the fact that that woman would stand there and be the side judge for her shows that she
1: somewhere knows that this is bullshit you know i would love to actually have a comeback to continue the conversation but your description of the bikini on the sand and the <laughs> sorry about that the on. mix of whiskey and the description of that i'm just so somewhere else it right never. now that i well we'll, we'll, we'll jump away because uh, just in
0: everything you were mentioning i was going to mention my favorite new hero and that is the woman who is running for president in afghanistan right now and she probably won't be alive to see christmas with us Bye. but uh, talk about balls yeah seriously there's no hope for her. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's the kind of person it's going to take, and probably a lot of them get killed, and yeah. it probably takes 50 years or 100 years. Well, yeah, right.
2: what do they say, like, uh, Afghanistan's 100, 200 years behind most of Western civilization? Well, I said 12th
0: century. I don't think I was missing it by much, other than they do like electricity a little bit. But, yeah, well, but, I mean,
2: then you mix it with a little <laughs> influence from the West, and then you kind of get maybe, a, you know, way far back in terms of whatever perception they have. But then she's like our uh, Afghani Rosa Parks or something, you know? What I mean?
1: yeah. And that, by the way, is exactly what I mean by relativistic crap. Yeah. When you think about people would react saying, "What do you mean behind? It's their culture. It's just as legitimate as yours. So mm-hmm. what if they beat up their women or uh, they uh, no. bash you on the head because you have a different religious opinion? It's just their culture. You should mm-hmm. respect it just the same." And it's just like, oh my God, you. They've taken cultural relativism, which is a healthy concept to avoid racism, <clears throat> and turn it into such stupid, stereotypical liberal crap that I just want to punch you in the face repeatedly. Not because it's gonna enlighten you, but just for my satisfaction. Yeah. It just like, and that's exactly what it is. Is you know that again goes back to that dualistic mentality of <clears throat> no nuances. You know.
0: I don't have the answer other than my porn bomb. but um, I love your bomb. Well, I think it would be worth a try. Think. Or, or maybe so just what seen. the soldiers leave behind when we finally get out of there might be enough. Right. That, because when I was a child back in the 70s, the only porn you would find would be out in the woods anyway. You know, <laughs> left tattered and, and, and rain spattered. <laughs> right. But still. You thought he was a rain spattered. But... Yeah, well, I did. I did, yeah. <laughs> too bad. Johnny Porn scene, He was spattered, <laughs> but <porn>. not rain. <laughs> right. Oh, we, d- we
1: had a great discussion until I threw it all apart. I apologize oh, yeah, for
2: yeah, I was going to say drop bombs of just burning marijuana.
1: Yeah. As a general rule for future discussions is anytime you start describing hot women with little clothing that would signal the hand of where my mind is and I will be gone for the rest of the night. Well we're so, still getting good um, at this so, so I'll, I'll be sure to avoid that in the future. No, but
0: Well I guess it, it, it must be better. getting towards uh, Well, let's and, ask Daniel Benelli a uh, question time.
1: Let's go for it. All right. Now, remember, everybody,
0: we've got 10 different ways to contact us on the website. If you have any question in the world, and the weirder the better, Daniel has no fear. He will answer any question. So we're going to go get the mailbag out and and, and draw deep inside and see what this week's
1: question is. So straight from the internet, from a tweet, from a… (laughs) yep. So here we go with the Ask Bolelli corner. Anything you want to know about anything, the universe. Just shoot my way, and if I don't know it, I'll make it up. It's
0: usually better if he makes it up, too. So be fearless. Absolutely. The now questions this, you've always wanted answered.
1: This is easy, actually. Somebody just asked me, plain and simple, what's the last book I've read? So, you ever seen the Spartacus TV series on Stars?
0: I'm familiar with it. Okay. Sort of like the, they did Troy or they did Rome on HBO. Yeah. And then they did the poor man's version of Spartacus a couple years later. Yeah,
1: Rome, was Rome by comparison, is tame. Spartacus is like the most extreme sex and violence that you can get on TV pretty much. That's well, why we pay for cable. My point is the book that I'm talking about, the last novel I read, is this book uh, called Aztec by this guy Gary Jennings. He actually I read wrote that it, book. You uh, read that one? Yeah. He came out way like in 1980 or something. Yeah. So it was forever ago. Well, my point about bringing up Spartacus is that the masturbating sister. Yeah, there's that. There's, I mean, <laughs> by comparison, oh, if you guys are familiar with Spartacus, uh, Aztec is like Spartacus was made by frigid puritans who can't stand the sight of blood by comparison. Aztec is the bloodiest, most sex filled book I've ever read or can even conceive of. You got everything from random cannibalism to hearts ripped out of chest to... It's like, I mean, it's awesome. It's so over the top that it doesn't even see the top anymore. It just... uh, (laughs) So, you know, you need to... My warning is, A, it's not for slow readers because it's about a thousand pages long. Little tiny letters. You really need to want to go for it. Uh, B... Yeah, you might want to check in regards to sex and violence where your comfort level is because it's probably safe to say that wherever your comfort level is, this one takes it 25 times over. I shredded this book. And, uh, I love this book too. That's hilarious.
0: Yeah. The so, thing I've never forgotten was that they felt that Porcine tasted too much like human. <laughs> And that may be where the rules against port came along right, for right, other right. cultures. Yeah, yeah, And that they would stand at the bottom of the, of the pyramids and hope for a good thigh to get sucked
1: down. Yeah, nothing like good cannibalism makes all stories cooler. So, <laughs> yeah, and I don't get, I mean, okay, maybe I don't, I don't know if I want to get it. Okay, fuck, let's get into it. Sure. Cannibalism, I get it. It's ecological too. You know what I mean? It's like... There's a lot of good meat that's going to waste. What's up with that? Seven billion. But you know what? Maybe, yeah. Maybe we won't go there. Change my mind. Delete. Blah blah. We weren't talking about can, my taste oh, no. for cannibalism. We were talking you know. about the uh,
0: the amazing hero who seemed to—he was a scribe. He was a warrior. He, he he happened to do everything.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's a cool story. It's definitely it's. But again, it's you need to know what you're getting. So it's awesome story about pre-Columbian life definitely where um historically i mean a lot of stuff he did his research he knows his stuff fun book that was the they um, were the narcs hmm? they were the narcs (laughs) i remember that
0: "Ah, go this way but make friends with these guys first yeah yeah i'm sorry i'm getting everything off i just can't believe you mentioned that book i don't know a lot of people read that book i agree read that book too yeah it's my old. favorite is 100 Years of Solitude. Have you ever read that? No, I
1: haven't checked it out. It's definitely so worthwhile. It will be on my list.
0: There's another one called uh, Gold, Red Red Aztec. You know? yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, he did a series. Like There were a few of I them. I tried lines. to read the second
0: yeah, one. I could just never uh, hook into yeah. it. But between but. his sister with her little jerk-off toy, and I was like,
1: yes, this book is was awesome. I like wild I mean, seriously, it's like wilder than anything else that's...
0: Cause it, you remember towards the end, you just read it. Cause yeah. he got up with the priestesses and all that crazy yeah, yeah, shit, and he was yeah, up yeah. on top when they were hacking people up and all. The, he lived it all. Yeah, I still draw from that thing, man. The purple That's, from the snails, all oh, this. I love it's that a cool book.
1: One. It's definitely a cool book.
0: But... Are there that? Are there any other historical novels that you found that good?
1: That's a good question. Historical stuff. I have have, think about it.
0: Have you ever read any? There's a guy. Just one of those chance meetings. I did interviews for walmart television and you know rice and rice and some bigger writers like that which was always cool but this one guy named terry c johnson mm-hmm. who lived in montana which is the whitest place mm-hmm. in the world yeah,
1: of course yeah i've been in montana stunning
0: yeah it's just too white here Yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm the most ethnic person just because right. i've met a black person yeah, yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, uh, I grew up as a military brat. Right. And until I was about 12, I didn't know there was racism. And that sounds like, yeah, sure you didn't. No, we didn't. Right. There's one color in the Army, son, and that's green. And we fucking all learned it. There's never a question. And, you know, I'm sure there were dudes that had underlying. But for the most part, no. That's right. So, I fly into Billings to meet this guy. And, you know, he's the real dude. He had done a whole series of these books, though. And what he would do is he would find the diaries, and and just kind of go through. And, and the one did. he was working on is the, the Chief Joseph story, which I think That's is the, the most cool crushing story, story yeah. in the history of mankind. Yeah. And he's broken it into three pieces. And I just went to visit him on that, and it was just like, that was great stuff.
1: You know, I'm dying to r- I have two two historical novels I want to write. One about the French and the Indian War, um, mm. sort of like last of the mohicans had it being written by eminem kind of thing and um, one is about uh, eq the crazy zen master whose main priorities were women drinking and, and i'd love like, to live in his world by the way the second one i already have the title is a series of alliteration is called uh, let me think swords saki sex parenthesis and zen So this is what you should use for when you want to put your kids to bed. The first official storytelling moment we're gonna have. It's a love story this time. Yeah, it actually is a love story. There is involve uh, rape and bloodshed and human sacrifice, but there is a love story too. So that's that's the big point. The other six is details. At least the ones I've been through. (laughs) Jesus. Okay, I don't want to ask, but (laughs) the our tale is from the 1500s, at a time when the Spaniards were running their rape and pillage show all over the world. And, you know, by this point, they were conquering in the Americas. They were conquering in the Philippines. They were conquering all over the place and just running the same show. Conquest, subjugation of the native population in the Americas, in particular, in particular, brutal fashion, also because of the role that diseases played, where literally the arrival of the Spaniard means the wipe out of 90 percent of the indigenous population of the Americas. So it's one of the most horrific events in human history. Well, there are plenty, so there's, you know, but that's a good one, let's put it that way. And a relatively recent one. Yeah, and also because it doesn't begin and end in the 1500s, it continues for a very, very long time. Yeah, the Cherokee didn't like smallpox either. No, definitely, but I don't want to bum you guys out, so (laughs) back to the lighter side of the story. Uh, Well, actually, no, I'll still bum you out, so give me another second, then we'll get on the lighter side of the story. The harsher side of the story is that still, when you look at Latin America, and what happened as a result of the Spanish Spaniards arriving. You are looking at a population that's largely the result of massive amount of rape because the mixing of Spaniards and indigenous people didn't happen consensually for the most part. There's not a whole lot of consensual sex there. Massive amounts of rape on the part of Spanish slave owners, enslaving Indian people, raping the women, having a mixed blood generation. So, I mean, a lot of these stories are really ugly and disturbing. But the ones we are going to play with today, not quite like that. Actually, very different type of tale is is about the very first interracial couple in the mainland of the Americas, not in the Caribbean, where the Spaniards had already destroyed everything there was to destroy in the mainland of the Americas. By the second decade of the 1500s, the Spaniards hadn't gotten here yet. They were still busy doing their thing in the Caribbean. But one Spanish ship gets half course and uh, shipwrecks on the coast of southern Mexico. Fifteen guys survive the shipwreck. They are promptly captured by local Mayan population. And the Mayan being Maya, they decide, hmm, what do we do with these new guys? I think a good idea is to sacrifice them to their gods. So quickly they'll proceed to reap some Spanish hearts out not metaphorically, strictly, literally speaking. Spanish hearts being ripped out of their chest, offered to the gods. I'm sure that's quite an impact on the surviving Spaniards. Bottom line is this happened in 1590, 1511. By 1519, eight years later, when the bulk of the Spaniards will begin the invasion of Mexico, Cortes and all of that stuff from the history book begin to happen. Two of these guys still survive. One The hero of our story is named Gonzalo Guerrero. The other guy forget his first name. Last name is Aguilar. And they couldn't be any more different from each other. They are now residing among two different Mayan groups. Cortez and these guys show up at one of these villages and find Aguilar. And Aguilar just cannot believe it. He's so happy. Tears are streaming down his face. You find me. You save me. God is watching over me. Yes. I get, could go to Europe again. Yes, yes, yes. Life is good. So logical step is that Aguilar then tell Cortez, there's another one of us in a few villages. I haven't seen him in a few years, but he's in a few villages down. I know he's still alive. Let's go get him. Gonzalo Guerrero. Let's run up and save him too. They show up. And when Aguilar arrives, telling him brother Guerrero, we are here to save you. Guerrero looks at him and he's like, yeah, I don't think so. And I'll give you guys the direct quote cause it's too cool. Um, uh, Guerrero addresses Aguilar and he tells him, brother Aguilar, I am married and I have three children and they look on me as a captain in time of war. My face is tattooed, my ears are pierced. What would the Spaniards say if they saw me like this? So go and God's blessing be with you for you have seen how handsome these children of mine are please give me some of the beads you have brought to that you have brought with you so I can give them to them and I will tell them that my brothers have sent from them from my country. And with that in polite fashion, he's essentially saying thanks, but no thanks. I mean, take a look at me. I'm tattooed from head to toe. I'm married to this hot Mayan woman. I have three beautiful kids. I think I like it here. I'm good. So thanks for caring about me. But thanks fellas. Yeah. See you guys. Uh, you know someone had to give him shit. Yeah, and I mean, on the other line, he was the diplomatic guy in the family. His wife wasn't quite as diplomatic because <laughs> the woman that he married, uh, just take a look at Aguilar and he's like, you're trying to take my husband away? You stinky Spanish piece of crap. Just get the fuck out right now, you know? So, and by the way, this is, talk about, can you imagine these guys growing up, you know, the first interracial couple, like, Guerrero growing up in Spain, I'm sure he wasn't in his wildest dreams that he would find love between the ties of some tattooed Maya woman across the world, and same goes for her. That they hadn't even conceived of yet. No, of course. So (laughs) now this story is not quite cool enough yet. Um, So we add one extra layer after Cortez and Aguilar and the Spaniards decide, ah, fuck this guy, you know, I guess he's gone native, whatever. We'll just let him be. We'll just do our thing. Twenty some years go by, is the late fifteen thirties, and by now the Spaniards have conquered pretty much everything there is to conquer. So much of Mexico has been conquered. Now they are invading Honduras. During a battle in Honduras, they after this bloody brutal battle, they take a look at all the bodies left on the battlefield and they find this one Spanish guy covered in tattoos who had been a war captain for some allies of this Honduranian village, probably from the Maya lowlands. So the story was that more likely than not, unless there were multiple tattooed Spaniards running around the jungle, this was Gonzalo Guerrero, who for the last 20 years have been waging guerrilla warfare on the Maya side, fighting against the Spaniards, and eventually finds his death some 20 years down the road in this battle. <sighs> That's as cool as it gets. You That's know, a real hero. Is, yeah. Guerrero is like the original badass from the Americas, the father of the very first interracial kids in Mexico and for that matter anywhere in the mainland of the Americas.
0: Anything with Aguero, Aguero when he made it back? No, I mean,
1: Aguilar was just like, in you know, he's like, thank you, God, I'll pray with my rosary. And, oh. You know, they were two very different kinds of Spaniard. One is the guy who was very attached to his Spanish heritage, who love Europe, who's all that. Guerrero is like, yeah, Europe was interesting, but really, I think I'm I'm better off here. Thank you, guys. I'll see you guys another time. That's That's fascinating. fascinating. So, that's quite a tale. All real, I swear, didn't make it up, so check it out (laughs) in the history books. It's it's a good one. So
0: that's today's story time. Yep. Now everybody can go to sleep. Yep.
1: Nighty-night. Dream of... tattooed mayan women yeah i think that's the better that's the better
0: part maybe it's still a little bloody from the sacrifice
1: tattooed mayan women will slowly and gently lead you into your dreams and life will be good
0: i don't think i know what tattooed Mayan women look like Uh,
1: you need to get out more often
0: i do it's about all the time we have for the non-guest podcast will be a little shorter than than the ones with our epic uh interviews But I must share a little story with you fellas. Oh, God. (laughs) I'll uh, I'll leave the establishment's name uh, unmentioned, but uh, you can say they're uh, purveyors of of waffles and chicken. And uh, it happened that I had a few different sets of friends in over the past few weeks, and somehow they all know that they wanted to go try this restaurant. You know, you come to L.A., the greatest cuisine from every country in the world, and they want to have waffles and chicken nice well I've been there a few times and I'd had the waffles and chicken and they were touting their chicken chili well why the hell not on a bed of rice sounds delightful, it was a little cool that evening <laughs> as I reached the bottom of the bowl there are things you don't want to see in the bottom of your bowl the fleshlight? a fleshlight okay. a used tampon Shit. a severed finger all of them bad things. I was presented with a six-inch piece of used gauze. It's
2: cool.
0: It was not cool. <laughs> I squealed like a little girl. Uh, I managed not to vomit. Of course, there was a lot of action going on around. As apologies were being made, and, oh Lord, where'd that come from? You know. And first, I'm defensive because, like, look, I'm not a motherfucker that's gonna go bring me some gauze so I can get my, you know, twelve right. free. Dollars of waffles and chicken, but this was not the case. And obviously, this thing came from somewhere. I was trying to maybe do some DNA testing on the various pus and 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 and, and Did it like flavor? I didn't taste it. It maybe flavored the chili. Okay. But I liked the chili, so I don't really know how to comment on that. But long story short, they come back to me and they say, "Oh, uh, that gauze is from where we steam the rice." We put gauze over the top of it because sure. gauze has been a long-known effective means to keep moisture in. To which I responded, this being the case, please present me with five yards of the gauze from the kitchen right now. Since you use it all the time, that shouldn't be a problem to come up with. All right. They, uh, apparently, they had used the last bit of gauze to put into my chili course, oh, They
2: said that, really.
0: Well, that's just how it ended up. So anyway, I hate to bitch and whine and we don't mention anybody by name because that would just be wrong. But And probably an isolated incident. But goddamn,
1: I hate when that happens. Bring it next time. I'll eat it.
0: You know what the craziest thing is? But I've had a few occasions where weird shit ends up in my food. They say the same thing every time, which I completely do not understand. They say, well, can I get you something else?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, well, I'm no. There, oh, right. no, you
0: may not get me. This. If there's one thing you can get me, it's right. the peace of mind that I had when I walked into your establishment that I wasn't going to eat some fucking infected gauze chili, okay? If you can bring that out, I'll take that. But beyond that, the damage is fucking done. Oh, oh God. I'm all, anyway, sorry about that. It was just on my mind. That's fine. Shifting gears really quickly, though. Go see Looper. That movie is great. I really I liked so it's it.
1: Yeah. that's it kids what do we got to say to wrap this thing up Mr. Bolelli yeah we're gonna wrap episode 2 we're all mildly drunk thanks to Evan yes between beer and whiskey and strange stuff that he brought over medical gods we're drinking it all we're consuming everything oh, <sighs> boiled it
2: smelled it. on that bit. note Steamed a couple it. of quick
1: things um, next episode episode 3 which will be releasing on uh, November 1st See. If everything goes right, we should be having an uh, interview with Shannon Lee, daughter of the great Bruce Lee. Um, should be, we should be recording in a few days and it should be up on November 1st. So that's the next thing that's coming up. About the Ask Bolelli section that Rich was mentioning earlier, if you guys want to send questions, you can either send it to my email straight. I have an email that's B as in boy, O D as in Daniel, HI1974 at yahoo.com. So, Body, one nine seven four at yahoo.com. You can send it at my first name, Daniele at the drunkentaoist.com. Either one, I'll get it. So, um, you know, chances are we may get more than we are able to address within the podcast, but, you know, even if we don't get to use it, we we'll love you anyway for throwing us some stuff that we can play with. So that's much appreciated. Please beat your relatives on the head to get them to subscribe to us on iTunes. Also, uh, I mentioned that earlier, but might as well bring it up again. You do Amazon.com purchases. If you can please click the link on our site before you do that. Again, we love you for that. So you have really a lot of ways for us to love you. And uh, <laughs> please employ as many of them as possible. But um, Thank you guys so much for tonight. I'm off to driving 40. Well, you know what? Maybe I'll sit down for a while and let the fumes of alcohol leave my body. And then I'm off to driving and passing out at home. Hope you guys have a wonderful night, sweet dreams, preferably of me. And uh, <laughs> you guys have a good one.
0: See you next week, everybody.